With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter, the first of the new glorious season. I'm Paul Doolan. I'm joined on the phone by Fergus Craig. Hello. How are you doing? Pretty amazing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can feel it. Pretty amazing. Yeah. I've got baseball on the... Sorry, no, carry on. I've got baseball on the TV. Well, you're a North American man now. I'm a North uh, American man. We've been briefed on... There's a a stricter format to the pod this year. This is their version of VAR being introduced. So we've got to say kind of at the top what we're going to talk about. So unfortunately, we are going to discuss football. Mm. We'll just, what is there to talk about? We'll look at the Norwich game, the Arsenal game, the summer, Steve Bruce, and your questions. So it's all going to be fairly upbeat. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. What should we start with? Do we go all the way back to the Arsenal game? Sure, yeah. I was quite excited before this. I know, we all texted each other just before kickoff, didn't we? Yeah. And suddenly... Despite the start of the summer being so miserable, we suddenly, without even noticing, had realised that we'd found ourselves quite excited. Football has a way of doing this every summer. I think at the start of the summer, I was like, well, I'm, I'm not even going to bother watching them anymore. There's no point. The club's not even yeah, trying. We sort of... The only reason this podcast is continuing, because we all did all agree yeah. <laughs> that we were going to no longer do the pod, uh, as a sort of form of protest or, or just a, a demonstration of how disinterested we were now with Newcastle, how disgusted we were with the regime. And the only reason it hasn't finished is because none of us could be asked to like, send the email to the end it. And suddenly, as pre-season went on, I mean, it's, it's so bad, really. 
just, uh, just. I mean, it makes it shows how representative we are of Newcastle fans. Just a couple of like big money signings and Matty Longstaff arriving on the scene. Just a couple of little things, and so we were like, oh, um, maybe. It's really hard to maybe give up we're on still it, like. It is really hard, and I'd, I almost don't want to give uh, the regime that. You no, know, I feel like it's. It's we're still in the Premier League, even when we're not in the Premier League, we're still, you know, it's not like we're Bolton, we're about to go out of existence. Not yet. There still are going to be football. No, there still are going going to be football matches. Exactly. Most of which will lose by less than five goals. Most, I think we'll have a few possible five goal losses this season, though. Yeah. But you know, there's always there's always something at the beginning of the season to make you excited. Yeah, I think if you can't there get excited unknown... about signing a forty million pound striker and the best dribbler in Europe, or second best behind Messi from last season, then you can't really get excited about. Is, it, is that a statistical? Yeah, a statistical fact. Sam Maxim, I think, was yeah the most successful dribbler. Right. And yeah, there worked. were definitely there's plenty to be excited yeah. about as the Arsenal game proved. Yeah, okay, oh, Arsenal game. Yeah, it was it, the first half. It was it wasn't that bad, really. No, we seemed weirdly in it, but I think it's worth stating how much of a weakened Arsenal team it was. I think that is true. There were three or four players I'd never heard of there all their new signings on the bench. Yeah. Two of two of the players intimidated out of the game, which is doesn't happen often. I think before the game, I thought there's never going to be a better chance to beat Arsenal than this. And we did look fairly decent first half. But then it all sort of crumbled in the second half. I'm struggling to remember the particulars yeah, of the game. Yeah, I think... Other than... The the thing that worried me the most is Aubameyang is one of, if not the best strikers in the league. And we just kept giving him space. It seems to be a theme that ran into the Norwich game as well. But it's going to be really hard yeah, this season looking... not to talk about Rafa and how we were last season. I think we're going to have to try not to. But we looked so tactically unorganised and defensively open it felt like we'd immediately gone back to the McLaren or Carver eras. It was, um, it, it wasn't great PR for the Steve Bruce regime, was it? No. It, it was, it was quite a shambles, uh, that game against Arsenal. I think obviously from day one, the fans were going to be hard to persuade with Steve Bruce. There's, he, He's going to have to do some amazing things to yeah. win the fans over. But he's already, not, you know, not he's unreasonably as well, I think. No, I understand. If someone yeah, replaced my from... bed with a chair, I'd have to be talked around <laughs> into that being the best thing to sleep yeah. on. Yeah. What if somebody replaced your bed with a chair stacked high with clothes? 
I'm suggesting that that's what Steve Bruce looks like. A chair that looks like a dinner lady and isn't even that good a chair, but was an okay chair about a decade ago. Yeah, a chair that's been found in the street, an old (laughs) leather chair. Very leathery chair. He is a leathery man. I think there's a strong shout for us having the most leathery manager in the league. Well, that's something, isn't it? That's something. And if you can't, yeah, if you can't was... count that table more than the actual points table, then I feel sorry for you. For those that don't remember, we should probably address the, the particularly shambolic moment in the Arsenal game. Yes. When um, uh, Willem came on. That's his name, isn't it? Willem? Jetro Willems. Uh, yeah, the new left-back. Yes. came on, who apparently in the past has filled in in midfield. He's played centre-mid he a few times. Yeah. But he was brought on to replace an injured midfielder for us, wasn't he? Yes. And uh, Because we didn't have any central midfielders on the bench. We didn't have any central midfielders on the bench. No. And with had, our new formation Kia. of three central midfielders... Yeah. <laughs> That was an it was an interesting choice not to have any. It was an odd move. So the so the idea was that uh, he was going to come on and Richie was going to move from left back into centre midfield. Another non central midfielder, commu- really, as well. Yeah, no, definitely, and that was either not communicated well enough or not understood properly. He is new to the club, but to cut a long story short. Within about 90 seconds, Steve Bruce was shouting at the side, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that feels like a pretty apt summing up of his start, really. It's, if it there's is... one person that should know what's going on, is the person who's just made the tactical change, stuck the players on and told them where they're playing. I could understand because it I... from anybody else. To le- Anyone else would have a legitimate point to be raising their arms and shouting that because I am a contrarian uh-huh. and, be- and because What's that, July birthday yeah yeah and um, I think let me first add in the caveat that I truly accept that looking at their careers and everything about them Steve Bruce is a phenomenal step down <laughs> From Rafa yeah. Benitez. I fully accept that. However, I think there is, like, amongst the Newcastle fan base, a tendency at the moment. It doesn't matter. Like, Rafa Benitez was sainted. Yes. and Especially online, and, I think, is a, a definite yeah, distinction. Yeah, and maybe so much of my, like, because I don't live in Newcastle, I'm like the only other conversations I have about Newcastle are like in the confines of this podcast. I have like a, my perception of Newcastle fans is very much based online. But like if that exact, if those exact circumstances had happened under Rafa Benitez, it would have been like, it would have been everyone's fault except Rafa Benitez. Yes. But when those happened under Steve Bruce, I accept they were probably entirely Steve Bruce's fault. Yeah. There's, a, there's a key, I appreciate what you're saying, there's a key flaw with this, is that I don't, 
I think there's plenty of bad things that would happen under Benitez, but I don't think those mistakes would have. I don't think players would have been that unprepared about where they no. were meant to be playing. No, you're right. I'm, yeah. I guess I'm just saying that there's a confirmation bias there, like a, a yes. sort of... One thing, uh, I do think the, the whole idea of all Newcastle fans don't want Steve Bruce and are furious about losing Rafa, I don't think is completely true. I think, in a way, for right, a new manager yeah. to come in, it was kind of an open goal. Because even though we were very solid under Rafa, we, we weren't exciting to watch. Like, most of last season was pretty dreadful. True, and yeah, in terms before. of entertainment value. So I think it wouldn't yeah. take... All it would take is sort of Pardew-level open football. You could still have lost the two opening games and fans would feel better about it. Maybe. Because I, I, uh, I think if you look at Rafa and compare him to the type of managers Newcastle fans have liked in the past, he is very different to that. that. You can't get much further from Keegan. That is true, and I always sort of found that a little odd. I think, I think maybe we were just so depressed by the club, we were looking for a saviour. I think, yeah, and, I think know, the he, fact somebody with his record had sort of looked at us. Yes, and he had a great record. Yeah. But um, I guess I guess what I was saying in, uh, in a long, roundabout way is that the Newcastle fan base were looking for an example, a reason to proclaim that Steve Bruce was an utter shambles yeah. and he very quickly gave us one. Yeah, nobody's had to make up reasons why he's a shambles yet. No, and several more reasons came along this Saturday at the Norwich game. I didn't see the whole game. My wife, it was my daughter's third year. Uh, third year, it was her third birthday, and it was a a party scheduled to start three pm Saturday, which I was not involved in the planning of that time. So I just had to constantly have my phone buzzing updates about Norwich goals while I was on a trampoline. I think that just shows like a real lack of dedication to the I think club. It does. I will, if I could be asked to send the email again, I will, I will step down. Yeah. Uh, no, I've seen extended highlights of the of the game, and yeah, I mean, this guy, Pookie, Pookie. a man who sounds certainly like wish I'd a, put him. He sounds like a camp PA in a film set in the fashion industry. Oh, Pookie, yeah. Pookie. And speaking of camp, his manager. Wow. I saw him described as an evil Stephen Hendry. I think that's a very good description. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Norwich manager has got um, quite the manner about him. I like him. Yeah, no, very entertaining. There's a a slew of aggressively uh, German managers at the minute, and they're all living up to the tag. Yeah, he's more he's more sort of evil doctor. Yeah. Uh German. Um uh yeah, Pookie certainly was I'd put him in my fantasy league team. Yes. I wonder whether we made him look better than he was. The first goal, I mean, he was obviously I mean a that brilliant was the volley, strike from him. Yeah. Yeah. And he was he, he was obviously a unmarked but he was hanging back and I don't know if we're doing like zonal marking or 
man to man. I don't think we're doing marking this year from the look of we're it. We're not doing it. We're not you look doing at him man. and Aubameyang, we're just not. We're not marking strikers. That's old-fashioned. Just... Well, this will be a new thing. You know, yeah. it take, it'll take a while to get the players on board with it. Yeah. When you set a mousetrap, you don't sit next to it watching it and marking it. You have to leave it alone. Yeah. That's, that's football. <laughs> but yeah, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily blame that goal on the team. It was an amazing strike. Yeah. And not long before that, Joe Linton had had that... Oh clear-cut heading opportunity and that would have put us in the lead was that a sitter i think it was or at least i think it was i think it was a sitter he i think it says a lot about today's market because for a 40 million pound striker he does not have a phenomenal goal scoring record does he no i think we've got him more for his hold up he's actually not that different to a younger Rondon in a way where it's more about him being able to hold up the ball but the problem we seem to have and Alan Shearer was highlighting this on match of the day is that he can yeah. hold up the ball but then there's nobody within sort of 40 yards of him no Almiron is com- incredibly deep yeah so hopefully that'll be ironed out so we've got this new, new formation haven't we this sort of uh five three one one, like really. Yes, and I think narrow. Almiron looked so good out wide last season. It feels odd to stick him sort of in the number ten role when you've got some. And of where Matt would like Ritchie overlapping? Assuming when he's fit, where would like say Maximin fit into that formation? I mean, he's surely a wide player. Yeah, I think then and he's not going to be change. a win back, is he? Well, the one that worked so well last season was that sort of I guess it was 3-4-3 three, three, but with wing backs was, I think we, it was like 5-2-3-1 right? yeah I guess they're playing. sort of the same thing but I think then you'd have Almiron yeah. and St Maxim on either side of Jalinton and I could see that actually working I hope so but what I we've mean, got at the moment we're... isn't the problem is I think Bruce has come in and whether he's been told to reintegrate Shelby into the team or has just thought Shelby is a very decent player, either way, our current tactic seems designed to get the best out of Shelby. And that doesn't really get the best out of the team. If you look at how we set up last season, you look at the Man City game that we won, even Guardiola was saying they couldn't cope with the midfield pairing of Hayden and or the long staff, and we seem to have sacrificed that sort of solidity just to unleash Shelby. And although I he scored is... against Norwich, I think it shows that game's kind of a microcosm of what happens if you weight a team towards Shelby. Suddenly, you've got Hayden playing more attacking. Hayden playing on the right wing for a bit of the game on Saturday. Yeah, just again, that's another thing that wouldn't have happened under Rafa. But let's not talk about him too much but I, it's a bit weird I mean Shelby maybe Steve Bruce has sort of admired him from afar for a while he's a talented player who a lot of people see good in but it's, it's a bit weird for a player who hasn't really been a guaranteed starter for us for a couple mm. of years to suddenly be the player that we're building the team around yeah 
Especially um, when you've got sort of the promise of Hayden and Longstaff. To sort yeah, of, particularly Longstaff. To play those two out of position at the expense of one of our older players who is so hot and cold anyway and often can't be bothered. Seems odd. Yeah. But then a lot and then seems Pook, odd. And then Pookie got himself a hat-trick. Yeah. Everyone, a lot of space in the box, isn't he? Yeah, just again, no marking. Well, what... Well, it was more... I think both times our new right-back, Kraft... Kraft like he's got a couple Kraft. of... Ex- He's got a couple of extra consonants in his surname. Yeah. Crafts. He, it felt like he needed to get out quicker to him. Yeah. Once he had the ball. The problem is you see all our goals and despite having three centre-backs, they all seem to finish with us completely overrun at the back. Norwich Norwich were very good. They were just dragging all our players out of position, creating space. And we just looked unable to cope with it. It's amazing how quickly things can change. Like we, we were talking about a sort of surplus of centre-backs last year, weren't we? And yeah. How many good defenders we had. We what still that? do, but whether I've they looked thought... a lot better because they were so well-drilled. I've never thought about this, really. I mean, Steve Bruce, whatever we think of him, he's had like a career at like a a fairly high level as a manager for a long time. Yeah. Like, what is... And what style of football is he associated with? It's not like... Uh, Weirdly, recently, just... he's been one of the bigger promo- uh, proponents of five at the back or three at the back with wing-backs. I think that's what he did at Chef Wednesday. Right. So he's he not... did for a bit at Sunderland. He's not, he's not the dinosaur he's made out to be, and he's not... His record's not great, but he's been at some terrible clubs. He wasn't. So he's not like a long ball guy. No, I don't think. I think there's that perception of him because he's English and leathery, (laughs) and an ex centre back. Yeah, but I think the the main defensive problem for me comes with not having two of our best defenders from last season, who were Rondon and Perez, because they would just defend from the front constantly. Suddenly. Midfielders right. will be getting more overrun than they were last season. Defenders are as well. There's not defence right. in the league at the moment. It's not about just defenders. It's about the whole unit. And you can't just have some players pressing and some not. You need everybody to. And it does start right at the top. Rondon mm. and Perez, especially last year, were good for that. But then we can't be too negative. We had... Not well, we had just as bad a start last season. I think it was Cardiff our second game. We may have been one point better off, but we we didn't win for the first ten games. This is true. We didn't win until November yeah. last year. I mean there were certainly less reasons to be optimistic when you're looking at Yeah. The manager situation. But I mean, I do it's like every season after a couple of losses, there is very much an air of, we are definitely getting relegated. Yeah. I think we may, and, we may move on to percentages later and see how yeah. we're feeling. But people will always jump so quickly to, we're definitely getting relegated. Yeah. 
was certainly in the mix. <laughs> yeah, I think but, we'll be there or thereabouts, definitely. But uh, I think we'll we'll discuss all days, that and more after these messages. Welcome back to the Newcastle Natter. Fergus, you still there? Uh, no. Oh, God. Oh, God. Good break? Yes, I'm here. Oh, it was really good. I was thinking about clearing my throat in it, but forgot. I'll do it now if you want. <coughs> there you go. Nice. <laughs> little little glimpse for the listeners there behind the magic cloth. How it all actually mm. goes. What should we go on to next? Should we do Twitter questions or should we talk about... Well, we sort of vaguely talked about the summer. It was fairly dispiriting. Any, should we just go through the new signings and see... If yeah, let's do that, as, as is traditional. So, Krath or Kraft. Right, you're putting me on the spot here. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we really <laughs> lack Dave, who is unavailable this week. Yeah, who I remember last year, you know, he had sort of... Um, Stats on all the new signings. The one, the one I really remember was how Muto's uh, best, <laughs> uh, like best characteristic was that he often got foul. Yeah, that's the point. He did that on whoscored.com, dot com. So I'll have a quick look on there. Let's see if I can find. <laughs> but yeah, we, we're yet to feel the benefit of that from Muto. We've not Kraft, really felt. Anything I don't know. He's fast, isn't he? Um, I wonder is is yet is Yedlin still our first choice right back? Probably, you would hope so. Yedlin's not fit at the moment. Mankio, I thought, was fairly decent against Arsenal, so it felt like an odd, an odd decision to hoik him off for someone who's never played in the league before. Well, I guess this craft is uh, higher rated. Um, he's True. a Swedish international. <laughs> And uh, I think I think I'd heard he was fast, but he didn't look great in the night. He's a good game. look. He looks like a sort of a good-looking Matt Ritchie. That's right. Yes, I got him mixed up for Matt Ritchie a couple of times, and that might be why we've signed him. Yes. Right. Let's try see. and get Matt Ritchie to up his game. <laughs> Looking at his uh, Emil Krath characteristics on whoscored.com. dot com. Weaknesses, passing, crossing and tackling. Strengths, okay. can you guess? Looks. Player has no significant strengths. <laughs> <laughs> Emil Krath's style of play, plays the ball off the ground often, likes to play long balls, does not dive into tackles. <laughs> so hang on. His weaknesses are passing, crossing. tackling, crossing. Passing, crossing I mean, and those tackling. Are- Okay, For a wing the back, three... they're sort of the crucial ones. Yeah. Okay. Style of play, long ball. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's Muto all over again. Wow. Not an encouraging start, really. Who should uh, we move on to next? Saint Maxim or Saint Maximin? Yeah, Ma- Maximin, man. Maximin. Uh, We've got to, uh, uh, we've already addressed him a little bit. He does, you know, look rather exciting. There's some very yes. exciting YouTube compilation videos of him. And I like his use of headbands. It feels 
feels like we've not had that for a while. Not since... Is it Cordone? Who was it who wore a headband? I've got some... Uh, I've actually <laughs> genuinely got a, a, a rumour from uh, behind the scenes in French football. <laughs> is this genuine? My, yeah, my brother's girlfriend... Her dad is like a professional football coach. Uh-huh. Like, I think he worked for like Bordeaux or something. And he's like, you know, uh, coaches professional teams. And he's the real deal. And apparently, uh, I hear that the word on the French football team is that uh, Saint Maximin is quite mental. You get that impression. <laughs> He's on Twitter it's a quite, lot. He always seems to be at the Metro Centre. Right. Just, like, taking selfies. He replies to everyone on Twitter, and that feels like it's going to end badly. Yeah. His strength, according to whoscored.com, dribbling, very strong. Key passes, strong. Passing, strong. Weaknesses, defensive contribution. He seems a bit of a Ben Arthur. I mean, that's... Which that I'm happy with. excited. Yeah. yeah. But then look how Ben Arthur did under Steve Bruce at Hull City. Did not do well. <laughs> True. And Steve Bruce hasn't really had a say in any of these signings, has he? In fact, no, although... The, uh, most of them were in motion before he came to us. Go there on. There were some of the reports coming out after Bruce came back, which some of the most transparent reporting I've ever seen, saying Steve Bruce is quite keen for Graham Carr to return to the club. It feels like Ashley's been wanting to get Carr back in since Benitez managed to edge him out. And I would not be surprised if he's got a bit of a say in some of these signings. Right, yeah. And then we've discussed Joe Linton a bit. He's he's a bit of an unknown quantity. Yeah, no weaknesses, according to whoscored.com. Mm. I would off- how about only uh, basing how about it on open- yeah open goals seems a bit of one so far open goals at Carrow Road that's his weakness scored a couple of times in pre-season but I seem to remember Emmanuel Riviere doing the same yeah pre-season's a tricky um, one to look at anyone and the only other major one I can think of is uh, Willems we talked about a bit we've been after him for years well, the big major one that we haven't mentioned is Andy Carroll. Of course. Yeah. He's back! He's back! <laughs> um, I mean, I'm quite pleased. I, mean, I it's. I was, I was irrationally a, excited by it. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's on a, um, what do they call it? like Pay as you play, uh, pretty much. Pay as you play. I think he's deal. on 20 grand a heavily week. In- yeah, and then heavily incentivized for appearances and goals. I, I, I would say that is a bit of a no-brainer, really. Yeah. I, mean, I still think I there's think a strong could... chance he might never play for us with his injury record. Certainly never start for us. The worry with um, him is you look at the team he was at last season, West Ham. I don't think any team has done more to keep paying huge sums of money to injured players, regardless of how over the hill they are. And even they wouldn't renew his contract. 
Yeah. I thought it was quite a bold mood from him uh, to sit in the stands on the first game of the season wearing a baseball cap with the word icon on it. Yeah. Really embracing his role. It's, I think it, like you say, it seems a bit of a no-brainer. Problem is, though, we seem to just be, Joe Linton picked up a bit of a knock, may not be fit for Spurs. Dwight Gale's injured. Oh, sorry. Apparently the latest is that Joe Linton will be, will be fit. Is that what they're saying in France, is it? Oh, hang on. It says on the new FC.com that his injury sustained no significant damage. Oh, that's good. Mm. So, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, Dwight Gale's still injured. But he is, Dwight Gale is not going out on loan, so that's... That's good. He feels, I mean, in terms of the business we did, it's not too bad. You just feel like we've lost nearly all of our goals and Premier League experience, which actually expressed like that does sound quite bad. Yeah, well, there's a lot of unknown quantities, aren't yeah. there? There's a lot that remains to be seen. A lot of um, players who've and never the played early times together. aren't great. Yeah, a lot of players who don't speak the same languages as well. I think we're basically going to have a really uh, terrible start to the season. Yeah. Then there'll be a little flurry of encouraging results. Then we'll have an awful Christmas and New Year. Then there'll be a nice little few games in February. Then we'll uh, go on a terrible run towards the end of the season and feel like we're definitely down, but we'll hopefully just pull it out of the bag and finish 17th. Yeah. I mean, we've basically had a three-year holiday, haven't we? Where we've gone away from that and now we're back to normal. Well, that's not true. Each of the last three seasons, I guess we've we talked a... a lot about relegation. Yeah. In fact, in those last three years, we did go down. I suppose last season was one where, even though we started so badly, I don't think we really felt like we were going to get relegated. This season, the threat feels a lot more real. Yeah. I remember there being a lot of talk about getting relegated. Yeah. A year ago today. Anyway, we better... Have you got some... um, Twitter questions we'll get on to quickly now. Okay. Let me start with, where are we? Anthony Gerrard says, thoughts on the media's constant defence of Bruce? I think that's bollocks. I think there's like, (laughs) I mean, to be fair, I don't live in the country, so I'm not, I'm only seeing what I'm seeing on social media. It's just things like talk sport, but I think, I think it's tricky. There's a real disconnect between fandom online and in broadcast media. And fandom yeah, online they may... has decided Steve Bruce is the worst manager we've ever had. Maybe on talk, maybe on talk sport. To be fair, on places like that, maybe there are a few of his um, chums from the network defending him. Yeah, but um, what's the? Is it Luke Edwards, the Telegraph journalist, who yes. keeps on getting? Helpers from amongst others, Dave Watson. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's all he seems to have done is put a, he- a forward, as is his job, an opinion that maybe Steve Bruce might not be that bad, and yeah. let's wait and see. From our far as I can tell, that's all he's done, and he's like being labelled this like agenda having. It is very odd. The 
<laughs> the vitriol against journalists for for not completely consigning Steve Bruce to the bin, which may well happen, but you sort of think it's not it's not good journalism to decide straight away it's going to be a failure. And Dave, as well, I've seen no. have a few pops at journalists for not asking Charnley or Mike Ashley difficult questions. Like they don't get interviewed. I mean, I'm I'm taking Dave out of context here. That's yeah. But I mean, the the only people who get to ask Charnley and Mike Ashley questions are people who don't ask them difficult ones, and that is by design. Gorilla Montoon says, "How dare any NUFC supporter point to a manager's past history to form an opinion on him?" Which isn't an unfair point. Steve Bruce hasn't got the best record. No, I completely understand the fans being underwhelmed and disappointed by Steve Bruce becoming yeah. our manager. We all let out a big exhalation of fuck it now <laughs> <laughs> when he became manager. But like, I, I understand journalists saying, well... Let's wait and see. Yeah. yeah. Andy Sheldon says, has Joel Linton got the greatest agent the world has ever seen, convincing people that he's worth 40 million? And, and then it goes a bit blue. I'm not going to read out the rest. It's filth. But uh, he's 22 years <laughs> old and he's had two games. Yeah, but he does have a career before that. It does, looking at the stats, it does look... Well, I don't think he's a perfect... That he's gone for 40 million. ...scorer. I think no. it's more about his effort to the team. He is highly rated. I, I'm not overwhelmed having seen him so far, but it's going to take a while. The new country, I mean, new league, doesn't speak the language, doesn't know his teammates. It would be odd if he'd started and hit the ground running. Yeah, I think a lot of the same people who are writing Joe Linton off now, three months ago, were saying, we'll never get Joe Linton. Yeah. That's never going to, when those rumours were going on, they're going, well, that's not going to happen. And then got really excited when we signed him. My main and thing now with him, is him off. he's Brazilian. Brazilians tend to be good. So surely exactly. it's going to work. That's the thing. Andy Sheldon yeah. also asks, how many games do you think we'll win this season and why is it zero? <laughs> In all seriousness... How many games will we win? It could be low. Yeah. Ooh. Who knows? Eight. <laughs> well, Eight's not enough, is it? That's well, it depends. Eight and ten draws might be enough. Yeah. It's probably going to be low. We don't know. I think there's... We've had two very unconvincing games so far. Actually, the Arsenal one wasn't very unconvincing. The Arsenal one is as close as we normally get to Arsenal at home. So it's not that different. Yeah. And Norwich away, playing a newly promoted team in their first home game never goes well. We had it with Huddersfield before. It's the worst time I to could play see, them. I could see in a couple of months' time that Norwich defeat not looking as bad as it did yeah. this weekend. Did, did, I, could, I could see them having a good start to the season, Norwich. Yeah. I think it's the problem with a lot of these questions and making predictions off two games is difficult. The The lack of tactical awareness does seem worrying. But I think as well, we have players who've been so 
tactically micromanaged. They don't seem to have a huge amount of independent thought. So I think it's not necessarily Bruce's fault if he's thinking what the fuck is going on when players aren't playing where they're meant to or taking responsibility on the field. Just because they've got the get-out of Rafa used to stand on the sideline and direct them everywhere. A manager shouldn't necessarily have to do that. I get the feeling we're probably really pissing off a lot of our listeners right now. I don't mean to, I just think we need to temper the negativity. Yeah, I think we're both instinctively instinctively just trying to justify our like continued uh, interest <laughs> yeah. in Newcastle and desire to do this podcast and just I nearly for our own mental Sky. health want some yeah for our own mental health want to have some optimism things are so, great. like I don't want to throw everything out like after while well, it's still August yeah you know? exactly Bedford Mag, who's back for another season with us, says, how annoying are all the experts saying we should give Bruce a chance? Oh, it's not just the experts, Bedford Mag, it's us as well. Like he hasn't fucked up everywhere he's gone before. TalkSport, for example, bunch of cockwombles. Anyway, can we accept relegation now and be done with it? Will Bruce still be here in the new year? I think I have to refer you to my last answer. Yeah. I don't think he's, he's clearly not as bad a manager as Carver. I don't think he's necessarily as bad as McLaren. The problem is we've gone from a Champions League winner to him. I think in terms of our managers under Ashley, he's pretty much level par. Yeah. And yes, he's done bad everywhere he's been, but he's not really had... Uh, well, I say he's not really had an opportunity anywhere, but like with a career that long, you would expect that he... He'd have a club where he yeah. really overachieved at. Overachieved at. Uh, has he ever really overachieved anywhere? Maybe Sunderland. I, I think he did. He got them to mid-table at least once. Right. Well, that'll win him over with the Newcastle yeah. fans. <laughs> Zach Leggett says, one, should we all move on from Rafa? I think we have to, but it's going to be very difficult. Two, if Rafa was in charge of the Natter, what would he do better? Very good question. Uh, I think we'd definitely be a lot more organised. Yeah. I think we lack the tactical shape, but I think if Rafa was in charge, we would be too organised and we wouldn't wouldn't have the freedom to go off on flights of fancy. So I think... We'd definitely have a a lot more facts. Yes. There'd be a lot more lists of facts. I think there was a lot of talk last season, Rafa always talked about, the blanket. Whereas like, if you're too attacking, then you're not covering like your upper body with the blanket. And if you pull it up too much, then you're not covering your feet. This season, I yeah. think the team and the Natter are basically operating with a belt instead of a blanket. So everything's going to be cold and we'll just hopefully survive. Hopefully we'll get through the long, cold winter. Yeah. yeah. Theo Penn says, what's the maximum legal punishment you'd be willing to pay for punching Mike Ashley? Um, the match, I mean, I'm not a violent man. And is it a free punch? Is he going to attack me back? Because I don't, I don't back myself in that fight. I don't back myself to get my hand out either. I sort of feel like he'd just absorb you and you'd be stuck there. Yes. I tell you what is nice to see with Mike Ashley at the minute, though, the constant 
plummeting of the Sports Direct share price and just him being in the news more and more recognised as a, a failing businessman. Still very successful, but it does seem like the shines come off him. Steve Bruce and Mike Ashley are very much the same uh, body type, aren't they? Yes. Um, Leon Steed asks how are we still following the club in general this is the lowest I've ever felt supporting the tune I think that's fair I would I think I felt lower when John Carver was in charge yeah and actually the relegation when we had Owen well uh, what was so depressing about this summer was it it's just accumulative over the years, isn't it? It's just that it just, yeah. just, just goes on and on and on and there's, there's always little scraps of hope and then it continues and then suddenly Steve Bruce is your manager. Yeah. But I think there are always ways of finding little bits of optimism. We're still a Premier League to. team. And, I think what was yeah. frustrating about this summer is that it was so obvious what the board needed to do and it didn't seem that difficult to keep Benitez and they just don't have an interest in that. It's depressing, but I think we knew all along they had no interest in progressing the club as a football club. It's all about keeping us in the Premier League. The positive is, at least if we get relegated, there'll be the silver lining of that's not what Mike Ashley wants and will harm him. (laughs) So it's not going to be 100% negative if we go down. So there you go. Yeah, there's like it's flips. It's it's a win-win for us. Yeah, we either finish seventeenth, which is fantastic, or we go down and Mike Ashley's not happy, which is also fantastic. So yeah, Thomas Birkin, I'll make this the last one. Says, give me one reason for hope, please. Just one reason. Um, Saint Maximin. Yeah. Who knows? May. Maybe he will entertain us as much as Ben Arthur did. Maybe we'll get a season or two of really enjoyable, entertaining moments. That would be nice. I think as well, Lejeune to come back. We always seem to be defensively a lot weaker without him. I think in general, our defensive lineup we always start terribly. So we're not actually going against type here with this bad start no so who Matt knows? Longstaff maybe Matt Longstaff will come into yeah. the team over the course of the season maybe we'll have a, a an all Longstaff midfield cent- central midfield at one stage yeah that would be good we'll get excited about that for a while yeah and speaking of looking to the future positives we play Spurs at the weekend <laughs> Yes, Spurs away. Yes. Sunday afternoon. I won't be there. Spurs My look cousin's good. gonna be there who's a Spurs season ticket Is holder. He? Oh right. So I feel like I've got that to look forward to next time I see him. I always say this, I always feel like we do quite well against Spurs, but they look really good at the moment, I think. Yeah. I, my main worry is the amount of space we've been giving strikers and we're about to come up against Harry Kane. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe Ericsson yeah. might be sold before this game. It's unlikely. I think we'll. I think at some stage, 
it's going to turn around a little for us, but it ain't going to be against yeah, Spurs. Yeah, I think we've got easier games to come. What's your prediction for this game? 3-0 uh, Spurs. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say as well. I'm going to be, yeah, I think 3-0. I, I think we could start a chain of players getting hat-tricks against us at the rate we're going, so that might be a nice record. Could be something for the fantasy team to bear in mind, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that just about wraps everything up. It's good to be back. Hey, it's good to be back in your ears. We've been as positive as we can be, I think, without veering on the completely delusional. But it's going to be one of those seasons, I think, where we're going to have to basically lie to ourselves about what's going on if we're going to get any enjoyment out of following Newcastle. So it's going to be the same as every season? For yeah, pretty much. Years. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, we will be back next week to talk about our thrilling victory over Spurs. But until then, thank you very much, Fergus Craig. Thank you. And thank you to you, the Natter listeners. Goodbye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.